In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. By this point in the season, many of us have been reminded just how challenging Lent can really be. As we continue on this journey of prayer, contemplation, and explorations of our sins and our shortcomings, we hear two seemingly very different stories today. On the one hand, we have the story about the promise to Abraham that comes to fruition because of his faithful obedience to God. On the other, we have Nicodemus. He's a leader, someone of privilege and power. He has status. It's safe to assume that he has wealth as well. He also carries the label of being a Pharisee, which is a very loaded term in John's gospel. We also come to find out that he just doesn't seem to get it. He doesn't understand baptism. He doesn't understand the teachings of Jesus. He doesn't seem to understand what true faith in God is all about. He's certainly no Abraham. During this sometimes difficult journey of contemplation and introspection, I wonder if many of us feel a lot less like Abraham and a lot more like Nicodemus. We try to come to Jesus in the hope of being and doing better, of making a difference in the world. And all too often we're faced with the reality of just how deep our own sin goes and how broken our world is. Like Nicodemus, we come to Jesus with questions. Maybe instead of asking, how can anyone be born after having grown old? we might ask about why something has happened to us. Why have we fallen off in tough times financially? Why did I commit that sin? Why have I lost someone that I love so deeply? Why did I hurt someone that I love? We all ask questions of God. And sometimes God may even answer us, though oftentimes we don't hear what we want to hear. We want an answer that will take away the hurt and the pain that we feel or help to fulfill our desires. Maybe we want an answer to why the world is not as we think it should be. Why are people being hurt and denied basic rights? Why are they persecuted? Why, God? Why do these things happen? And what can be done about them? Why is our world broken? As the psalmist so famously said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When Nicodemus asked Jesus his questions, what kind of response does he get? He asked, can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? You can hear the intensity behind the question. Come on, Jesus, help me to understand, please. I beg of you. And the response? No one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. And he goes on with more wisdom, but does Nicodemus even hear Jesus at this point? We can see his eyes 
and his head fall in despair. His body seems to collapse with an audible sigh. The details of what Jesus is saying, they're inaudible at this point. This makes no sense to him. He's desperate to know God's love, to have a deeper relationship with his creator. And there's something about Jesus that reflects that love. But he feels farther away now than when he approached and before he asked any of those questions. With one last gasp, he asks, how can these things be? The words come out, but almost as soon as they're out, they're lost in the response that others hear and captivates them. But at this point, Nicodemus can't hear anything. He's oblivious to all that is around him, encased in his own despair and humiliation. Despair for that chance that's lost. Despair because he blames himself for not understanding. Despair because he feels like he has failed. Here was his chance to know God. How did this happen? He barely remembers leaving. His escape isn't noticed by anyone in the crowd and certainly not by the one who records the event. Imagine that most everyone here has felt this way before God, felt completely unworthy, felt alone and insignificant, perhaps even humiliated. I, I know I have especially in Lent where it feels like our sins and our failings can be on display both in our hearts and before God. But here's the thing. Nicodemus' story doesn't end there. It doesn't end with that exit that's so inconsequential that the narrator doesn't even acknowledge it. No, we see him again in the presence of Jesus later on in chapter seven and engaging with Jesus. But it's his final appearance at the tomb. That is the real clue as to what's going on within him. You see, Jesus is now dead. Peter has denied him three times, other than his mother and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas, Mary Magdalene, the beloved disciple. We don't see many of his closest followers. But here at the tomb are Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea lavishly preparing Jesus' body for burial. Of all the things that a rich and privileged man and teacher would be doing, that doesn't seem to be it. Except for one really critical thing. He's been utterly transformed. Gone is the despair. Gone are the doubts. Gone is that feeling of insignificance. And they're replaced by someone whose experience with Jesus has transformed him into someone whose faith provides him the courage to be there at that moment to do the work that God has given him to do. Lent can be a, a challenging time for us as Christians. We're focused on prayer, penitence, on our own shortcomings, on our sinfulness, and what we have done, and what we have left undone. Upon reflection, many of us find that we're more like Nicodemus, whose interaction with Jesus 
can seem like a defeat because like Nicodemus, we realize where we have fallen short. But this is part of the transformation that Jesus invites us to experience with him. Unfortunately, the narrative here doesn't pick up much of what goes on in the heart of Nicodemus, but I think we can piece it together. Jesus, Emmanuel, is with him. Jesus is working on his heart throughout the entire story. Jesus is drawing him closer and closer. Slowly, he's changed, transformed. Nicodemus's journey took a while and forced him to understand and love himself. It was hard and at times painful. It's the same with us. But the end of our Lenten journey is the tomb as well. But now, the tomb is empty, and the risen Christ will be there to continue to guide us on our own transformative journey. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.